0: This is blogging with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview, episode 366, I'm on the line with none other than Jen Grice, author of the book, You Can Survive Divorce. Uh, She's a divorce mentor and empowerment coach guiding women of faith to surviving and thriving after divorce. Her heart is to walk with Christian women who feel like they cannot divorce even in cases of abuse and adultery. She created Surviving Plus Thriving Ministries Surviving and Thriving Ministries in January 2015 after her own unwanted divorce and on her blog she sells uh self published books printable toolkits great all, all kinds of resources for people that are going through that process well she just went recently grew her blog to full-time and we want to talk about how she went from part-time to full-time so that you can take some tips away from that so get into full-time income with your blog that's what we're going to be talking about today jen how you doing Good, thank you. I feel thank like, you for having me. I feel like I stumbled over that um, that intro there. Like there was a lot of words that I was yeah. trying to bring together, but we're not re-recording it. We're just gonna go with it as it was. I'm so glad that you are on here um, because you, you've you've been going through a number of really interesting things with your blog, and it's exciting to see how it has evolved over time. Uh, so, yeah. so I want to start with what's going on right now. Is there Anything in your blogging business that is happening right now that has you excited? Uh, Well,
1: honestly, my biggest excitement is always helping people. Um, It's the emails that I get from ladies, you know, who've been reading my blog and uh, who read my book, you know, a couple years now. And they come back and say, you're right, Jen, I, I did and I can survive divorce and now I'm thriving after. And that's what keeps me going is those encouraging words back.
0: That's, that's awesome. So, okay, let's go back then um, because at some point you started this blog. What were you doing before you got into this whole blogging world?
1: Uh, well, I was a married, stay-at-home homeschool mom who was working online on her bachelor's of science in psychology. And um, I was also working behind the scenes on some um, coupon forums And that was about 2008, I would say. And then um, uh, while I was going to school and homeschooling and doing all these things, I decided to throw in starting a homeschool blog in about 2011 to share with um, out-of-state family what we're doing and how we were able to afford to, you know, homeschool.
0: Okay, so uh, this is in 2011. A homeschool blog, Why a blog? I mean, uh, there's so many other things that you can do. How did the whole blogging thing well, I, come on the scene?
1: Right, right. I was uh, you know going to university and a writing teacher actually suggested to keep us writing to start a blog on anything, on any topic. Um, and like I said, it was a way to share with family and friends what we were doing. But I also had these people on the coupon forum that were like, yeah, we can help you. We have a blog. And so it's kind of like, um, you know, way to kind of chat with other people and get to know other people and, you know, resource together and that kind of thing. So I felt like I had a lot of help in that Avenue rather than something that I didn't know what I was doing.
0: Okay. And, and, and okay, so you started this. It was more of you know keeping sharing some of the homeschool information and all that good stuff. Um, this, you know, it was a almost like an assignment for school or a teacher that's recommending that you keep a homeschool blog. Um, that that leads me to think that when you started it, you weren't thinking necessarily, "Hey, this is going to be my business down the line." No. W- were you thinking along those lines?
1: No, not at all. Not at all. It was just you know, something to do and provide value to people even that, you know, weren't family. I started getting other people saying, Hey, Oh, look a homeschool blog. And then I connect with other homeschool bloggers and that kind of thing.
0: Okay. So you started this homeschool blog and, um, how did the homeschool blog go?
1: It was mostly, um, frugal stuff. How to, how to frugally homeschool. What was the cheapest curriculum, the best curriculum, and just how we were doing it, you know how we were finding freebies on the internet and that kind of thing.
0: So um, I'm assuming then, um, because I, I've spoken to people that have had blog similar types of blogs. Was it kind of hard to make money with that kind with that topic, or was it easy?
1: It was pretty easy. Yeah. It, once you started suggesting different homeschool curriculum and that kind of things, you could make money pretty quickly.
0: Gotcha. So how did you, how did you realize, okay, this is something you're starting on the side. It's just kind of for fun or an outlet and sharing resources and ideas and no intention of making money. Where did the whole idea of uh, possibly making money with this thing, this website that you're putting on the Internet? How did that come in your mind at all?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's important to, to uh, there was a shift you know, in there that happened. In 2013, I uh, was faced with my own unwanted divorce. It um, just happened. So I just had to make the rest of it. So in 2014, I started, I was still had this homeschool blog, but I started writing about the fact that I was now divorced and I wrote about abuse. And um, something kind of happened. I was kind of shocked at how much attention, more attention I was getting from these uh, posts about divorce and abuse that I was I was still getting the homeschool stuff but it just really started to pick up and I get a lot of got a lot of contact from other homeschool moms to say oh yeah I went through a divorce or I'm facing these things too and then I realized there was kind of a need for that um, and obviously at that point I was the head of household and I also needed to provide income for my family at the same time mm-hmm. and I was doing other things on the side to make money. And mind you, I hadn't worked outside the home since 2002. So it was kind of like, well, maybe I could make some money off this as well.
0: Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So it started as a just a project, um, eventually, you know, going through a tough situation. And now you need, it's almost like necessity is the mother of invention, right? You, you yeah. now, now you need to make some money. You're doing all this other stuff, but you decided, hey, I'm going to, Try to make some money with this blog as well.
1: Yeah, even if it was just a little extra money, that was still, you know, some extra groceries or something.
0: Okay, so let's let's step back a little bit. Um, uh, what your blog is called? What?
1: Um, well, it's dot uh-huh. but it's um, uh, surviving and thriving after divorce okay. is what the focus
0: is. And why did you decide to go with your name? I'm curious about that.
1: Um, Well, again, it goes back to that transition time. And I was really just asking God what he wanted me to do with this whole thing. If it was going to be something that was going to bring in full time income eventually, or if it was just going to be a way to, you know, uh, share my story, whatever that may be. And I really just felt like God was saying, you know, you're going to write books and you're going to be a speaker and I'm going to use this divorce and everything that you've been through to help other people. And so I knew if I was going to, after hearing from other people, that if I was going to write books and be a speaker, that my name would be the best choice for my URL.
0: Did you have have any privacy concerns or anything of that sort when going with your name?
1: At first, maybe. And, you know, there's been some concerns, but I've just taken a lot of steps to protect my privacy, you know, online beyond what's on the blog. So... That made me feel better that I was just I did everything that I could, to to keep my private information offline.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so you had your blog with your name, um, but then in terms of some of the other stuff that you do online, you 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 do certain things. I'm actually curious because um, uh, I I saw that you shared some of the things that you've done inside our in the coaching club because you are a coaching club member. Um, (laughs) Just some general tips on hey, you want to be kind of Uh, for whatever reason, you want to protect some of your information online. um, What are some things that people can be thinking about where that's concerned?
1: Well, obviously, you can search yourself and see where your information is located online, you know, all variations of your name. Um, And then you could actually go into most websites that, you know, publicly publish your information and you can ask them to remove that information and they need to do so. So there's opt out forms that you fill out You have to verify this is really you and that you want your information removed. And sometimes you have to say why, you know, and and then they remove it eventually. And the only information that is left is just your name and possibly like your general location. But that's about it.
0: And so, and the cool thing about that is when you, you know, my name is in a bunch of these different directories. If I wanted to protect my identity and all that stuff, if I remove it from all those places and the only place you can find information about me is on my blog, then I can right. control what you find about me. And I think that is, that's a big deal. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, so you start off this blog. You're, it's a homeschool blog. Then you eventually, um, well, actually, even let's, let's talk about when you started a homeschool blog. Um, the content creation process is always something that, uh, to me, is interesting, how people come up with ideas and what kinds of content they publish. So when you started your blog, what, what, yeah, what kind of content did you publish to begin with?
1: Well, so with the homeschool blog, it was, um, a lot of freebies and that's first thing. I connected with some, um, companies who were able to give freebies. And so I would, uh, joined with another blogger and we had like uh freebie Friday where we'd have all the freebies on the internet for that week. Um, so that was where a lot of the traffic came in, but I realized it wasn't, um, evergreen content. It was kind of like, content that lasted a week or two, you know, maybe a month. And then it wasn't, it was useless content. Um, so when I started creating, writing more and writing about um, divorce and abuse and adultery and that kind of thing, those were more evergreen content. And so that's why um, in 2016, when I did a blog content audit, I realized that my biggest traffic was still my first blog post about divorce from two years prior. Ah. And so I went in and deleted all like 300 plus posts about homeschool uh, free stuff mm-hmm. and just recreated or rebranded my blog as surviving and thriving after divorce.
0: All right. So you go back and you kind of do a content audit. You say, Hey, Hey, This is the direction that I'm going. I'm going to highlight this kind of content. All of the other stuff, I'm going to delete it. Did you find when you did that that your traffic went down, stayed the same, increased? What was the result of doing that just from a traffic perspective?
1: I think it went down a little bit at first because then I had a lot of um, all those deleted posts. That kind of throws Google off a little bit. But after that, it definitely soared. That's when it really went up because I think I was creating a helpful website that people could come to and they saw my website and they knew exactly what they were going to get there. It wasn't a hodgepodge of homeschool blogging stuff and freebies and divorce and everything. It was a one specific topic. So if they came to my website and they felt like this is the place for me they would sign up. And if they didn't, they would just X out and move on.
0: Awesome. Okay. And I know a number of people that have done similar things. Oh, by the way, uh, can you go ahead and turn off your webcam so that all of the bandwidth can go to audio? There were a few little um, glitchy type things. Um, Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I know a number of people that have gone through this content audit process and most of them say, They kind of take a hit in the beginning, but then as Google kind of gets to see that, hey, this is what it's all about, um, in many cases, their traffic has increased significantly. Uh, So it's interesting to find out what kinds of experiences people have had when they do this kind of purging of content. Um, Okay, so you have this blog. It is is getting uh, traction. Uh, you you switch topics. People are loving it even more because you are talking about something that maybe they're not finding in other places. Um, but I'm curious about what you did, especially like in the early days, to get people to come to your blog. What were you doing to to get those first visitors there?
1: Well, I think I like most other people. I start on on Facebook. Obviously, like I said, I started in 2011. So Facebook was really just starting um, Facebook pages and that kind of thing. So I kind of got lucky that I got onto that bandwagon at the right time. But um, when I did this audit thing, I decided to take um, uh, the Facebook and the, um, what do you call those? The links, the social media links. I took them off and then asked people to sign up to, for my website instead of, or for my email list instead of following me on Facebook or Twitter, or that kind of thing. And it really kind of got away from that. And I instead, like I said, put them on my email list, uh, fostered that relationship. And then I put in my emails when I sent out to people a call to action, like sharing is caring, go ahead and share this on your social media accounts. And that's how I evolved my promoting
0: Interesting. So, I mean, you you're coming on the scene, Facebook is, you know, sending traffic to people and all this good stuff. What made you decide okay, I'm not going to send people to Facebook anymore and to these platforms from my blog. I'm going to send them onto my email list. What was the thing that was like, okay, let me make this change this switch because this could be significant for me?
1: Well, it's kind of like some of the things that you say, Leslie, that you know, you you're if you're relying on social media or other, you know, algorithms to um, promote your blog. It's kind of you know shaky ground to, <laughs> to build on, and I really just wanted to build my email list and build that relationship and have in, an engaged community. So I thought, you know what, I don't really want them to follow me on Facebook or Twitter or anything. I want them to sign up to, for my email list only. So I didn't give them another option, basically.
0: I, you know, I love that. I think. Um... I know a lot of people who did the exact opposite. Hey, I'm just going to build up my following on Facebook, on Instagram, on all these different platforms and so on. Um, And it worked very well for them for a time. (laughs) And then, you know, Mm not... Google on its own didn't have a mood swing, but Facebook had a mood swing. Pinterest had a mood swing. Everybody started having mood swings. And in many cases, you know, they lose their business or at least a significant chunk of their business. So I think that's a, a very smart idea. I'm looking on my blog right now to see uh, if there's a way to follow me on Facebook and those platforms. And yeah, I've done the same thing. I've removed all of that from my blog. I still invite people to connect with me, um, but when you visit my blog, I want you to get on my email list because that's one, that's a platform where I can have some say and control over how we're communicating. Uh, and I think that's significant. So I'm glad that you did that. When did you make that change?
1: That was about 2016 when I kind of was trying to figure out, all right, is this going to be, you know, what, what is this going to be? And is this going to be long-term or is this, what, what is this, what am I doing here? So, yeah. And I think it's important to note too, that it's, when so few, like Facebook, for example, so few people, so small of a percentage see what you post, where email, you have a, a higher percentage of people who see your email coming in.
0: And not just that. They, they are more likely to take action when they've opted into your email list and you're sending them right. valuable content and now you have something to, to share with them. They're going to be more likely to take action. Right. Awesome. Love it. All right. Let's talk. This, the, the the title of this episode is how to get to a full-time income with your blog. So let's talk about how you even got to any kind of income with your blog. When you first started, you decided, hey, okay, it's I, it's time for me to uh, turn this thing into a business. What did you start out with in terms of monetization?
1: Well, I had um, ads on my blog and affiliate links. And so I was making Animal, you know, pennies on um, every day or something like that. Um, in 2017, early 2017, I decided to add coaching to my, because I had a lot of people contact me, like, well, can you, they'd send me their phone number, like, can you call me? Or, you know, there was just like a need, I was hearing from my readers, because remember, I was connecting with them, I was asking them what they needed from me through email, and that sorts of thing. And so I added coaching and right away that brought in, you know, significant income. Um, and then also that same year, 2017, I wrote my book, You Can Survive Divorce, and that brought in inc- income. And so that's when my income boosted up to like part-time income.
0: Okay. So running ads, doing some coaching, writing your book, promoting it to your audience, all yes. that good stuff, started making money with those things. Yep. Um, and when you first started, uh, well, not the ads, but the coaching and the writing your book, how did you actually go about promoting it?
1: Again, all email. Um, that's the, my biggest marketing tool is I use my email. I have, um, you know, when they sign up for my email, I am right away asking them questions, you know, asking them to respond to my emails and write back so that there's that connection. So they feel like I'm on their team. I'm on their side. And so I've just fostered that relationship. And so as soon as I put out the coaching, you know, ladies were already interested because they'd already told me they were interested. And then as soon as I put out my book, you know, people started buying my book because they, they wanted that. And I knew they wanted that.
0: So I'm, I'm curious about um, – I'm curious about how you do your email then. So when someone signs up to your email list, what happens?
1: So they get like a welcome email and they get a link to some uh encouraging printables to kinda help them uh stay hopeful during their divorce process. And then I send them like another email introducing myself and then I ask them to introduce themselves to tell me about themselves and their story and I get you know, uh, hundreds of emails every single month from these ladies. And so then, now I've changed it up where I am, before I didn't like promote my products. I just said, okay, you know, glad to have you, let's get going. And then when I send out a blog post, I don't use RSS or anything like that. I send them an email telling, giving them a little more content that they would get, um, not get on the website. And then I asked them to, you know, join the comments or share the post and give them a link to the post, that kind of thing.
0: Okay, so the, so, you said you didn't um, find yourself, you didn't promote your stuff uh, via your email list, at, you know, when people sign up. Um Why? Why was there a hesitation to promote what you created or did you feel some sort of way like I shouldn't be promoting or anything of that sort?
1: I think I kind of felt like I didn't want to bombard them. You know, It, it was it's kind of hard to pinpoint what exactly I was thinking, but it was kind of like, well, I'll let them get to know me and then they'll feel like they could buy these things. So there has been a mind shift this year to be like, OK, this is these are the things that I have for sale and they will benefit them. So I need to be sharing that with them right up front and not wait until, you know, I have a sale or that kind of thing.
0: So what does that look like for you now? How do you do that?
1: Well, after getting into your coaching program, I changed and um, kind, kind of gave a free video course. So then when they go through the video course about surviving divorce, that they hear the things that I have to offer that I give them other free content. Like they don't have to buy my stuff, but I also say, well, if you want to go further, you can buy my book or you can buy my product. Or if you need a uh, handholding, do you need somebody to help you through this process? Then you can, you know, purchase my coaching.
0: Do you ever feel like, I know I have a, I have had a number of friends that, they have a blog or they have a podcast or something along those lines. And it's something that they consider to be a ministry. First of all, do you, you do you consider what you do with your blog and your business to be a ministry? Yes. You do. Okay. So do you ever feel like, oh, man, okay, this is a ministry. Uh, the gospel is free. So I should be sharing my resources for free or, you know, like if I charge people to get access to this content, then they wouldn't, you know, there's some people that won't get the value that should be getting the value. Is there ever a struggle or guilt where that's concerned?
1: I think maybe there was a little bit at first, but I just had a number of people that were kind of mentoring me at the time that gave me a lot of, um, encouragement about that. Um, some of the things they said, you know, it, it is a mind set shift again, that to say, you know what ministers and minister, minister, no, no ministers and missionaries. There you go. Um, they need to make money to survive too. And what they're doing is, you know, doing God's work and we pay them, they make money somehow. Um, and another thing I had to remind myself is that, you know, I needed to work uh, full-time and make a full-time income. And if I was to go out and get a job full-time, um, I also have lupus. So it's hard for me to do all the things, you know, I'm not working two full-time jobs that I wouldn't be able to do this full-time. And so there's ladies who need me and my ministry full-time. So I also need to get paid full-time.
0: Yeah. You know, I, th- I, th- I, think a lot of people struggle with that. Right. Um, because this is supposed to be something that's helpful to people, and I've struggled with that as well. I remember when I did my biology blog um, and I was starting to get you know uh, people from all over the world from all kinds of different backgrounds and and, and circumstances and um that were using my content and loving the content and getting so much value and passing their classes as a result of my class, my content. And I remember thinking, oh, man, I can't charge people for this stuff because if I do dot, 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 whatever that thing is. And I think it's important for us to come to the realization that, you know, as business owners, it's our responsibility to generate revenue. That's how we're better able to serve people. That's how we're better able to build what we're trying to build. That's how we're better able able to take care of our families. Um, and it, I've gone from seeing it as a man I can't do this to no, no. It's my responsibility to do this. So I'm I'm so glad to see how it has shifted for you, where that um, where mindset is concerned, so that you can actually do something that's going to have an even greater impact. So that's awesome. Thank you. You are very much welcome. Okay. So at a certain point, okay, you're doing this, you are promoting your, your, your coaching, you're writing your book and all that stuff. It's generating a part-time income Mm -hmm. and you want to, to, to grow this income. And I remember you, when you, you joined the coaching club, that was a big thing for you so my my question is why did you join the coaching club Where, actually when did you join the coaching club and why
1: okay so i joined at the end of may of 2019 and i joined with two main goals in mind and i gave myself 3 months to do these to accomplish these goals and if i wasn't going to accomplish these goals then then i was going to either go to the schools and start working as a substitute teacher, I was going to find a job. So um, when I joined, my two main goals were one, I, I had written my third book, um, a Bible study for divorced women, which is also what they want. And, but I didn't have $1,200 to get it self-published, you know, go to the editor and that kind of thing. Um, so that was my goal. First goal was to get $1,200, at least saved, made and saved in an account. And my Second goal was to obviously make consistent full-time income. And if I wasn't going to do that, then I had to look at other options. And what I did was took my five sources of income and I said, how can I double each of those five sources of income? And that's what I've been working through in the coaching program.
0: Okay. What are your five sources of income?
1: Okay. So my five main sources of income is one is my self-published books on Amazon. My products on my website, my one-on-one and group coaching, which I just added the group coaching. I also freelance write for other publication, and that has two uh, main purposes. One is income, because they do pay me, and traffic to my blog. And number five was ads on my blog and YouTube.
0: Ads on blog and YouTube. So your goal was to double all of these sources. Yes. Okay. Were you able no, you said in 3 months so that was end of May. So June, July, end of that that's a short time to 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 grow from part-time to full-time.
1: Right. That was a lofty goal. Yeah.
0: It was a lofty goal. How <laughs> did that goal go?
1: It went good. Uh by the, by September 1st I was making Full-time
0: income. By September 1st. Yep. That's exactly three months. Yep. Now, when that happened, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this always happens with me, right? I will say my goal is to get 20 people into the coaching club by a certain date. Or my goal is to add this amount to my revenue by a certain date. And oftentimes it happens exactly exactly as I set the goal, do you ever go back and be like, man, maybe I should have set a higher goal. Maybe I would have hit that too.
1: (laughs) Probably probably, but we don't know, you know, we don't know at the time. So we just kind of do, I kind of did what I had to do, what I needed, you know, and I figured God would provide any, any extra.
0: Okay. So I want to talk about what you did. Um, because yeah, it's nice to hear you went from part-time income to full-time income in three months. Um, But how did you do it? So let's talk about some of the things that you actually did.
1: Okay. So first thing I did when I got into the group coaching, and you probably remember, is I went through all of your videos that were applicable to me right now. And I even started back at, like, your week one and went through those. And a lot of – at first I felt like, oh, I don't need this. I'm already making part-time income but I thought, you know what, Leslie's got it available. Let me just go through it and make sure I'm not missing something. And I and I did. There were some things that I needed to kind of clean up on my blog that I was not as effective as I could be in income, you know, and and content and those kind of things.
0: What, what so are some, went, what are some of those things maybe that you realize? Hey, I needed to do this a little better.
1: Um, we'll start off. You one of the things you said was to have um your opt-ins at the top like Mm. have all these opt-ins at the top and I didn't I had more content at the top I was like okay my my purpose was to get people reading more yeah and you were saying the purpose should be get them on your list Mm -hmm. first and foremost and so that had to change
0: got it Okay, so that's just one like practical tip that you got, and you said, "Hey, I'm gonna go and make this change," and yeah. that made a difference. Okay, so you went all the way back to week one. You started going through some of that content. Um, you watched all the applicable videos. What kind? What? What? You said applicable videos and training. So, which ones were applicable to you at the time?
1: Um. Well, like I wasn't interested in starting a podcast, so I didn't watch that one. But I watched like you know the. You know, content creation, I watched, um, and I'm going off memory right now. Um, YouTube, and that was something I knew I wanted to focus on over the summer, uh, was to grow my YouTube and to get people from YouTube onto my website or onto my list. And so all of those kind of videos is what I watched. And I remember you
0: asking questions about the sales funnel training and that kind of stuff.
1: And so I changed that up. I made, uh... A free video e-course instead of just hey opt-in and get a free printable so my opt-in now is hey you get this free video e-course and how to survive divorce and so that equates more than just hey a free printable
0: gotcha okay so you're doing the you're making the, you're watching these videos um uh, making these changes um and your income just doubles and everything is great. Or were there more things that you did?
1: There, there was more things. Okay, yeah. okay, let's go so, through the more things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then I got on coaching calls with you and started asking questions. You know, like like I said, I was going through these five sources of income and I was looking at them one by one. Like, how can I double my income for my books? How can I double my income for my products on my website? And I think that was the biggest one in the coaching that I started with and I came on a call with you and I asked you know what can I do please give me the advice you know and you mentioned the four ways to make more money and would you like to me mention what those are yes
0: I want to know them because I want to make more money
1: <laughs> yeah okay so you got on the call with you and I said and you said there's four ways to increase your income you said uh, more traffic so more readers to your blog you said increase your conversions which was I was which was was i was working on Mm -hmm. um to create more solutions to the problems that my readers have so more products and raise your prices of your current products
0: man that's some good advice i need to take some of this (laughs) myself (laughs) Um, all right all the prices are raised now and uh, no i'm just joking but okay so more traffic increase conversions create more solutions to the problems and raise your prices awesome four great tips And then where did you go from there?
1: I started implementing that advice and I looked at my prices and I, you, we talked it out and decided that um, I needed, I was giving a lot more value away. They were getting a lot for the money that they were paying. And that even if I raised my prices, they still were getting a lot for what they were getting. And so I increased my prices and worked on conversions and more traffic and more products.
0: Okay, so you said imp- increase prices, worked on conversions. What does that look like? Wh- what did you do to actually work on conversions?
1: So it went back to my three video e-course to get more people on the list. and then a part of that is, is a sales funnel funnel is saying, okay, this is the products I have to offer. And this is how they will benefit you and how you'll gain so much more if you purchase them so that I was converting more people, more readers to purchasers and not just to read more blog posts.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so we're optimizing the funnel. And I remember you even coming on um, coaching calls and sharing your sales page and asking for critique and getting feedback on how to make it better and all those kinds of things. So you are you are also improving the sales page, which would then increase your conversions. Right. Okay, cool. So we're we're going back through the training. We are working on implementing. We're raising prices. We're working on conversions. Anything else? Did you do anything else?
1: I think work hard. I think that's the best thing to say is I I knew I wanted to make full-time income, and I knew if I went out and found a job right now that they'd expect me to work full-time. So, I put full time effort into this
0: and what does that look like for you in terms of full time effort? What does that mean in terms of n- number of hours or in terms of days a week how 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 what what did doing that look like for you
1: yep full- full time hours putting in forty maybe more hours a week um sometimes uh just to get the job done it, it you know four or five or six days a week or whatever it took. It was like, this was kind of, like I said, it was a lofty goal and it was like, make it or break it. If I, if I, after three months, if the goals weren't achieved, then I would do something else. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this my all and everything that I can put into it and see what happens.
0: You know, it's interesting because, uh, when I leave, when I left my job in 2014, um, it was kind of in a similar situation, not for you know similar reasons or anything of that sort, but I was placed in a position where now I had to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no, um, you know, hey, you know, maybe I'll try it this week and next week and uh, maybe not so much. I had to make it happen. So, you know, you say work hard. That's exactly what I had to do. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it almost feels like Those kinds of situations come into our lives to convince us that, listen, we really need to put in this work so that we can accomplish the goals that we've actually set. I've noticed that when things get kind of comfortable, it's easier for me to just kind of sit back and relax and have things go back down. Yeah. There's something significant about being in a position where you have to make it work. Necessity is the mother of invention. You will find the resources. You will find the people that you need to talk to. You will get on the calls. You will do whatever you need to do. Watch the videos, free and paid videos, just to get to where you, are, where you need to get. So I'm so glad that it went that way for you. What would you say to someone, because I know there are people listening to this right now. They started a blog they're struggling to get it going maybe they're making a little bit of a uh, little bit of money but they want to get to where they can do this full time leave their jobs or maybe they left their jobs already and they 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 just need to they need to stay afloat what would you say to that person
1: well first i would say it is hard work and that there's no quick fixes out there. If somebody's promising you, you know, three easy steps to make, you know, your first six figures for the year, you know, um, you have to understand those things aren't typical. Those, those are, and especially not for topics like mine, you know, divorce is not, doesn't apply there. Um, and when I did try some of those, you know, quick fixes, they didn't work. It didn't work for me. So I had to realize that it's, um, hard work and, you know, seeking good, solid advice or a mentor or coach, you know, I, I, um, appreciative to all that I've learned in the coaching club and, um, you know, you provided me value that I've taken and now I provide my readers value.
0: That is awesome. Jen, thank you so much. If people want to check out what more of what you got going on, where should we send them? JenGrice.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing some of the things that you've done to go from part-time to full-time. You are awesome. Thank you. you. You're just awesome. That's it. Thank you. That's all I got. Everybody, Jen is awesome. Um, (laughs) Hey, hey, if you want to get some of that kind of guidance, what Jen was talking about, you, you, you want to go from part-time to full-time. You want to go from no-time to part-time. You want to go from, I don't even have an idea, but I want to get things started. I want to invite you to check out The Coaching Club. Uh, in The Coaching Club, which is different from any other that I've found, in the Coaching Club, you get to ask questions. You get to come on coaching calls. Every question you ask, there will be a video response. And that will come from me. I am I am committed to helping you achieve your blogging dreams. If you want to check it out, go to bloggercoaching.com. Once again, that's bloggercoaching.com. Head on over and let's get this party started. I'm, I'm looking forward to working with you. I'm looking forward to helping you. Anyhow, that's pretty much it for now. Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com. You know what we're doing. We're changing the world. How are we changing the world? One blog at a time. And until next time, take care. I'm timing it. I'm timing it. And God bless 8352414